Don't forget to grab your blue milk and popcorn to enjoy your in-flight complimentary entertainment. Guardians, be sure to keep an eye on your younglings and make sure your whole party is buckled. Crew, be advised, we are about to jump into hyperspace. Well, hello there, my jittery little friends. Like I promised, we are doing a Clone Wars themed episode this week. This week, we are going over Duchess Satine Crease and all the different outfits she has within the Clone Wars series until her untimely death. The first outfit we will be going over is what I like to call her ceremonial gown. Her ceremonial gown is the one that we first see her in, where Obi-Wan comes to visit Mandalore for the first time in the series. It's very funny to see because it exudes peacefulness from the flowers to the color choice. Later on, it's actually very funny. Our guest specialist thought she was a villain at first because of some of the points but when you look deeper than that is whenever you see the flowers the soft tones and the peaceful blues this outfit is used like most for outfits um multiple times it's usually in situations where she is it is like a either a political or a it, in situations that she's putting on a display of being duchess so if it's a speech to the people of mandalore meeting diplomats and dignitaries or in the case when we first meet her meeting a jedi this is the outfit she typically meets most people in and when she is on display essentially as the duchess now the next outfit is an outfit i like to call the dinner outfit because we see this one repeated numerous amount of times typically um typically during um a dinner scene or if it may be a scene that it is Something that's a bit less formal than um, the ceremonial gown, but she still needs to be on as the Duchess. She is still on duty. And you can see that with still soft toned blues. Her headdress is kind of mimicking the flowers from the headdress that she has in her ceremonial gown. It's just a bit less. And she has less accessories and adornments with this outfit and like i said this is one that we usually see during those situations that are less formal than the ceremonial gown but they're still formal enough that satine still has to have her duchess persona kind of like how padme has her senator amidala persona or queen amidala persona her next outfit this one is quite interesting i just finished talking about how satine whenever with her dinner outfit that she's still in her duchess persona this one i like to call her mission outfit this is one. this outfit is the um different shades of pink outfit with puffy sleeves 
and knee-high boots and pants. This outfit, I think, is very interesting because she's not in her duchess persona. She takes on her duchess persona when we see her in the outfit, but most of the time, that's not her main concern of the politics of the politics of the situation when she's in her mission outfit there's something that is deeper and more important and she can deal with (laughs) she can deal with the politics at a later date but we need to fix this one issue her outfits kind of remind me and are similar to i know i reference padme a lot she is my absolute favorite character um a lot of her outfits follow Padme's formula. They're just not as many outfits. So when there's a situation like the first time we see her wearing her mission outfit is or Satine wearing her mission outfit is there are kids who are at the school that her nephew is at. It's actually a cool thing to see. I will have to post the photo when I post the pictures of this outfit. But one of the things that stood out to me was um her and Padme standing side by side in their mission outfits together it was like they were twinning almost (laughs) um but this outfit is very unique and different from her other outfits the only other outfit that has pants is our final outfit the top isn't as short as it is with her mission outfit Even though there are tails with her mission outfit, this outfit was built, um, or not tails, but it V's in the front, almost like a vest, and then it's kind of long in the back. But there is a top under it, so if she ever needed to, this vest could be taken away. This is one of the more, I think we called them with our Leia episode, maneuverable outfits. She's able to kick butt, and she knows she can if she has to she doesn't have to rely on anyone else if she's put in a pinch now the next gown that we see her in is her senatorial gown this is the gown that she wears when she goes to visit the senate and she's already been so just to the preface beforehand she's been having issues on mandalorm that's why obi-wan showed up and we saw her originally in her ceremonial gown and she's been having issues that's why we see her in her mission outfit so she's been having issues throughout this whole time and it didn't stop whenever she was with other senators from systems close to mandalores and she was so not only has she gone through trying to deal with issues on Mandalore that are against her and her people. But it's also solely, it's personal now with her. Um, Because she's still in that, even though we see her primarily during these couple of episodes where she's on her ship in her ceremonial gown, the walls on her persona are coming down a little bit and we see that because she she just found out that her prime minister was the one willingly and knowingly um poisoning these kids for 
cheaper tea. And so she doesn't quite know who she can trust anymore. So even though she's in her ceremonial gown, she's it's still more. She's a lot less formal than she would normally be, but she's still trying to put that um, persona on, um, which again makes her and Obi-Wan clash heads until um, they figure out where the real danger is. So she's restating the want for the neutral systems from the Council of Neutral Systems to the Galactic Senate. And the outfit she wears is this absolutely beautiful, different shades of red with a hint of gold dress because she wants to be taken extremely seriously. And she has her hair put up in almost like a half bun with a hair brooch with matching earrings. And it's really sad because most of the time we see this outfit, she is wearing a cloak over it. And it definitely pulls the piece off, but not when she's trying to hide. But before she's able to speak to the Senate about staying neutral, she meets with someone to give, or the person she is getting the information from has a bounty on their head and she gets blamed. The Coruscant police see her pull her um, blaster out as defense while the guy is falling and they believe that she is the one who did it obviously not knowing Satine or anything to do with the Mandalorians right now but they assume she did it and so she runs away and goes into hiding which is why we see her wearing um the matching cloak most of the time during these episodes so the whole point of the outfit originally was she wanted to be taken seriously. You could see that in her color choices that it it's a lot darker. It's not soft on the eyes. Like even though the first outfit we saw her in, it was all calming colors. It wasn't any colors that you would automatically associate with royalty or war. It, they're very peaceful colors. And so that's what she's wanting to exude is um, peace. But with this outfit, it's more she's being a bit more aggressive with her fashion choices because she wants to be taken seriously because she knows how corrupt the Senate is. And if they see her wearing her normal attire, they're not going to look twice at her. But if they see her wearing red, that's automatically an eye catcher. And red is traditionally associated with royalty. And so they're going to take her seriously because she is um, standing out. And as most of you who listen will probably know, the Galactic Senate is gigantic. Now, after she gets back... Um, there's a couple other episodes where she wears her mission outfit because things aren't going too great, but it's not to a point where she's concerned. Like she is concerned, but it's on the same level it was before until Death Watch becomes a bigger threat. 
this show was a lot more than a show. It wasn't them trying to protect um, their people. They were trying to prove something. And she's very concerned. And so her original outfit looks very, like, almost medieval militaristic, like what a queen might wear. And she has a different crown. It's kind of like in several of her outfits, she has different headpieces that look like crowns. They're headpieces, so I'll just call them headpieces. So she's wearing a headpiece until Death Watch has finally like taken over they reinstated the old prime minister yes the one who was getting the um poisoned tea and knowingly and willingly giving them to the schools because it was cheaper um him death watch put him in charge and was like you're our face what death watch tells the prime minister is that you're going to tell the public that Satine had a hand in this and you are going to be the one solely in charge with us backing you. Which, as we know, that's not how it turns out because that was pre-Vizla's deal with him, not Maul's deal with him. And so getting back to Satine, now that we know what was going on around her, she's in jail trying to survive. Her duchess persona is gone. She has gotten rid of her headdress the next time we see her. Her hair is all the way down, which we have only seen close to once, but it was styled and that was in her mission outfit. But at this point, it's all the way down, not styled or anything at all. She's just trying to figure out how to survive and escape. So this is very opposite from her outfit. Like, well, not just her outfit, just her personality before she was put in jail. She thought that before she knew what all was going on, it seemed her persona was giving off that we can fight them back, right? If we absolutely have to. Um, but now she's not thinking about all of Mandalore at this point. She is just trying to figure out how to survive and be Satine and escape. So I called this her death outfit. And as we know, after her and Obi-Wan almost escape, Maul has already um, backstabbed Previsla, and he knows that Obi-Wan Kenobi is there and that this is his ticket to make him feel the same way that he had felt for how many years when he was on the trash world. And he uses Satine to basically get back at Obi-Wan. And he, well, he uses the dark saber he had taken from Previsla. And he kills her. So this is the outfit um, she dies in. And it is a very sad outfit. And it's extremely intricate. But, and I say this in the specialist segment. This is, even though how many details are in it and how beautiful it is. This is my least favorite outfit because of that. And it's mainly because you know this is going to happen. It has to happen, not only within the story, because we never hear about her again, 
But she is based off of Satine from Buzz Lerman's Moulin Rouge. That Ewan McGregor, who plays the live-action Obi-Wan Kenobi, him and Nicole Kidman, who plays Satine, are in. So she was based off of Satine from the Moulin Rouge. And this is kind of a spoiler if anyone has not seen Moulin Rouge yet, but Satine in the Moulin Rouge dies. She dies in the end from, I think it's tuberculosis. And her story is just a very sad story um, altogether. And you can see that reflected in Duchess Satine. But knowing the character she's based off of and knowing that she's not in Revenge of the Sith, she's not in any of the future movies, she probably, once you see her in this outfit and you're seeing Mandalore get overthrown, before it happens, you already kind of know what's going to happen. And so even though this outfit is absolutely beautiful and you would think she's ready for a battle, it's not quite what it seems. Her death outfit is very intriguing because you think that she's going to survive because she's dressed like she's ready to go into battle, um, minus the armor. But, well, actually, no, not minus the armor. Um, We'll talk about that when we get to um, Padme's episode. But if she uses similar fabric as Padme, um, it probably had armor built in. But um, it's really not what you expect because she is ready for battle. And, well, she doesn't battle and doesn't make it. Um, And with her last words telling Obi-Wan that she had always loved him. And it's very sad and tragic, her story. But we will talk more about it. We'll talk about not only some of the like details and we'll see what our guest specialist thinks about it, about each outfit and her storyline and everything. But we will also choose what our favorite outfits are. I already told y'all my my least favorite, but y'all will hear what my favorite is. So I'll see you in the next segment. This week's guest segment is going to be a strange one. We were having difficulty with our mic steering recording, and so our guest audio is extremely scratchy this week. All right. We are now in our specialist segment, so why don't you introduce yourself? Um, hi, my name is Minnie. Um, I go by Cinnamon Solstice on Instagram and TikTok, and I understand that you brought me on as a cosplay specialist. I've been doing cosplay for a couple of years now. Um, I specialize in mostly like sewing, pattern making, and things of that na- nature. I'm really not, you know, super big into props yet, but you know, upgrades, we're moving towards that. That's always good. And everyone has their, um, their section of the, what they're really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I've seen your work. Your sewing is amazing. Oh, Can you tell you. us more about your process? Oh, um, so I consider myself to be self-taught. Um, I am up to the university level and I do I did have taken a couple of fashion design classes in the past. 
Um, but that's not really my focus. It's more of like a, like if I have time for design classes, I'll try to squeeze them into my schedule. Um, and what I have learned in those classes has kind of supplemented what I taught myself, um, growing up, nobody in my family really sews. So, um, I was kind of like the first person to start doing that. So I didn't really have a lot of direction outside of the internet, but yeah, you know, I'm really getting into, you know, making my own patterns. Um, I started with commercial patterns, just like everybody does. But, you know, sometimes with cosplay, um, there's these really weird shapes and garments that you really oh, yes. have to find your own way around. And so I definitely think that that's a good direction to take for anybody that's in their sewing journey and wants to specifically focus on cosplay. Oh, yeah. And you're kind of like a micro-influencer on TikTok, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. It's a it's a modest following. But, um, yeah, I do have a substantial amount of followers on TikTok. Um, I'm not going to give myself all of the credit. Um, I do a lot of collaborations with my sister. And, you know, um, but the thing about cosplay is that people love, like, a group or a duo. So I do feel like there's strength in numbers, and we get a lot of each other, our, our power from working with each other so she's also a really good person to check out if you're interested in cosplays um she's more into prop making and stuff she's experimenting with um 3d printing and stuff like that for our newer Ooh. cosplays and so she's super excited so um she'll talk for hours about that if you let her we will post a, a video or even a picture of your cosplay oh, so that. they can see um how good it is <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So we are going to get into satin crease. Mm -hmm. So I know you said you're not really into Star Wars, but I know you're really into fashion. So you can tell us about the different details, even if you don't know the lore. Mm -hmm. So what do you know about Star Wars before we start off? Um, not much. You know, I feel like I'm one of those um unfortunate people that often gets it mixed up with Star Trek a lot. And I know that's almost <laughs> embarrassing to say because, you know, I, I operate in a lot of these like cosplay and pop culture spaces to not know the difference is almost horrifying, I know. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I don't know much. Um I know that it's a fairly popular series, um, but I don't really do a lot of sci-fi outside of maybe Doctor Who. It's perfectly okay. <laughs> okay. We were actually talking about last week that you would have probably thought Star Wars and Star Trek would be the same because Princess Leia's original outfit would look very Star Trek-y. Oh, okay. <laughs> and well, like that not the side off for real. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't in like the sci-fi portion. But you know, like when they would go to like the primitive worlds, and I put that in quotes, um, how their costuming would be. Mm. That's how they wanted her to dress originally. Oh, I yes. see. I see. So there was a, oh, a yes. change. There was a big change then. Oh, yes. Massive. <laughs> so do you know anything about Satine Crease? Um, I did look into her character. Um, I know you sent me over a couple of videos just to kind of get my feet wet into this particular mm -hmm. character. Um, I do see that she's got like a lot of like regal, like very um, 
I'm assuming it's like traditional for um, her time period or race, or I'm not sure, but it's definitely it's definitely like a lot. So I can tell that this is a person of like a lot of importance. One of the things that I did notice is that you've got these lovely turn sheets, mm-hmm. which are a cosplayer's dream. I can't tell you how many times um, I've been trying to do a costume, and you've only got like one grainy frame to to work off of. Oh, so yeah. these turn sheets are like gorgeous. I'm sure all the cosplayers appreciate it so these are by episode so so if it's more she's going for more of a political or she's meeting some dignitary or a jedi she would be wearing her ceremonial gown i see okay yeah got it and then like she has her mission outfit Mm -hmm. and then her dinner outfit and then as i called it her senatorial gown because she happens to go to the senate wearing that gown mm-hmm. and you haven't seen her wearing it before oh okay so it's a new yeah. one yeah all right and the same with her death outfit i see okay yeah a lot of different outfits this is this is a good shift as like uh, as opposed to like you know some shows in which you only oversee the characters in maybe mm-hmm. one or two outfits, I love that there's like a, a good oh, yeah. range here. Well, she does wear these outfits multiple times. Mm. That's kind of why I generically was like, this is her dinner outfit mm-hmm. because the first episode you see her in, she's going to dinner. It's like a faction. You don't quite know if they're a terrorist organization yet or yeah. not. And she's, she's like, having she's dinner like a... with their leader. Oh, okay. And so... then she's having dinner with Padme in the picture I showed you. Mm-hmm. The pictures of like the sketches mm-hmm. of like all around, I'm pretty sure they might have been from the Rebel Legion. Mm-hmm which is like a huge Star Wars cosplay fan base. Oh, okay. And you have to like be approved on certain outfits that are available or cosplays oh, are available. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's where the turn sheets are from. Is exactly. That I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gotta say that like, I see that, you know, the, de- the design for the costumes is honest. It's really gorgeous. And, you know, I can tell that it really fits. It fits right in with the environment. We don't have like, there's a lot of color, but there's not a bunch of saturation going on, which I feel like fits with the environment and the character and like the story that they're trying to tell. Like there's a lot of different like lighting situations and stuff. And I feel like sometimes um, with cosplay, seeing like, the character in a bunch of different lighting situations with like different color fabrics it really gives cosplayers like a chance to kind of you know use their own like creative liberties and um figure out whether they would like to emphasize make maybe this character takes battle damage or you know if they really want to emphasize like the regal like very royal like nature of this design um, and it's it's great that she's got multiple outfits so you know cosplayers can kind of match um, which version of her they'd like to cosplay with their skill level which one they personally like the best so I definitely love a character with like a bunch of different outfits and a lot of different range oh yeah so let's go through I kind of rank them from my favorite to my least favorite okay so and it has nothing to do with the outfit itself. I just want everyone sure at home to know. <laughs> sure, it doesn't. It have 
it's actually the story. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, so let's start with her ceremonial gown. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Um, like I said, um, it's it's very gorgeous. You know, I can tell that it's probably very traditional for this like character and like her environment and you know her heritage and stuff. It's definitely it's very special. Like you know, if you're a cosplayer and you step out in this, like obviously you know people are gonna know you're going somewhere. Like it's it's really nice, and I love that they didn't shy away from using like a bunch of different colors. I know like for like Star Wars and like the very like almost sandy environment, you know, I can know it can be. Easy easy to kind of stick to those like you know brown neutral tones so you know i like that they didn't shy away from that but you know made it still fit with the environment and another thing that might help describing or for a little more about the character her whole thing is being pacifist oh okay. so pacifist. the clone wars i did, I did hear that about the, the war going on yeah and she wants her planet and to be neutral. Oh, okay, um, so she it. wants the Mandalore system to be neutral. So how does that affect the how you see her first outfit? Um, you know, at first impression, I did think that this was maybe going to be like a villainess character, just because of you know how <laughs> you know pointy you got the collar in the back, and she's definitely got like a lot of um sharp angles on her design wise. So those were my first impressions. But then like I watched a little crash course, and then I did hear that she's a pacifist. I don't want to say that it doesn't read. But, you know, it, you have to look into this character a little bit more. You can't, you know, take it at face value because, you know, it's the outfit is very regal. And I think that a part of that maybe makes it intimidating um, for people who don't know the character. Yes. Well, she is quite scary when you first see her mm-hmm. because she is pissed at Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. Because she believes the Republic Senate is the one who sent him. Mm-hmm not the Jedi Council. So the Republic Senate is the ones involved directly in the war, while the Jedi Council is still considered peacekeepers, in quotes. (laughs) All right, so we're moving on to our next outfit, which is what I call the dinner outfit, because you always seeing her wearing it at dinners. So what is your um, take on this outfit? Um, Looking at it um, in the screenshot versus the turn sheets. In the screenshot, it looks a little bit more in line with what I would expect of a Star Wars character. It's kind of got this like in the photo, it almost looks like a neutral grayish and stuff. And I can see from the turn sheets that it is blue. But, you know, like I said, um, it's really important um, with the lighting and the environment, how it comes off then. And in the screenshot um, that you showed me, it does like it's a little bit darker um, and it's a little bit more of it blends into the environment a little bit. But in contrast to that, she's got like, you know, one of those gorgeous headpieces you were telling me about with Mm -hmm. like almost like this shimmery iridescent texture and stuff. And I really like that. I really do like that. Um, I like that, you know, a lot of this like, oh, what's the word? I don't want to keep using the word regal, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) It is very regal. I like that. She is not really a queen. She's a duchess. 
but you would never know <laughs> with how the queens are in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is it's very regal. She's got like this crown attached to this headpiece. It's iridescent. It's very shiny. This would be gorgeous to make. I have to say, um, like I said, yes. even though I'm I'm not really a prop person, I can't help but think about how much fun that would be um, to make. And like the fabric oh, yes. choices and stuff, like you really gotta um, think about it because it's like, are you going for screen accurate? Are you going for what this character would realistically have in their closet? Like, you know, and you can really get creative with like the, the fabrics you use, how much you choose to weather it. So I don't think there's really much more to talk about with her dinner outfit because mm-hmm. it's a little less formal mm-hmm. than her ceremonial outfit for sure it's definitely she's, more relaxed yeah I'm oh yeah that. she's still in duchess mode though mm-hmm. <laughs> so our next outfit is something i like to call a mission outfit mm-hmm. it's something that's well maneuverable in she can run and fight if need be mm-hmm. So what is your opinions on it? Um, first thing I noticed is that it's like this nice, like, um, pinkish color. Um, like I said, I don't want to say that just because, you know, I do see that there is a contrast between the turn sheets and how it actually appears on screen. But I do love that there's like, you know, they're not shying away from color. Um, like you said, it is a mission outfit. So I'm noticing that it's a lot, you can maneuver a lot more easily. You know, I love it's more when, casual too. Yeah. It's a lot more casual. You know, I can actually see somebody, um, realistically going out and like, you know, adventuring in something like this. Um, and it's, it's very feminine. It's very nice. You know, it's just still keeps that like, this looks like someone on a mission, but it's, oh, yeah. they're still trying to look nice. It's not like apocalyptic, but it, it is really, it's very put together. You know, I can tell that she has a lot of pride in her appearance. And this is definitely one of my favorite looks from the um, list you sent me. Yes. Like I said, it is from my favorite to least favorite. Mm -hmm. But this is, if I had to choose between the top three, this would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. This it, it's really nice, you know. You've got the pants. Um, it's I don't. It's nice and short, you know. It's it's a contrast from what you showed me earlier, you mm-hmm. know. I'm assuming that the first time this was debuted on screen, it stirred up a lot Very of excitement. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. so it's it's really nice, and I can I can tell that it left an impact when it was seen. Oh yes, it kind of looks like one of the Barbie movies, like one of their outfits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just almost, if it was in Star Wars. Yeah, with the puffed sleeves and, like, the color palette, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. Oh, yes. So our next gown is, I called it the senatorial gown. Mm -hmm. It's her red dress she wears when she visits Coruscant. For most of the time when she's wearing this dress, she has a cloak over it. That's a, that's just a shame because yes. it's very, it's oh, beautiful, yes. it's lovely. Um, I don't think like this color is just so vibrant and stuff. And I'm seeing that there's like a lot of embellishments around the top. Um, so it's a shame that she's got that cloak on. And you said that this is an outfit that's not really seen much. Is that right? Yes. It only appeared for one, maybe one episode, if not oh. two. Mm-hmm. Um, it was specifically when she went to go visit the Senate to proclaim that she is staying neutral with Mandalore. Mm-hmm. 
and then stuff happens. <laughs> um, she's basically on the run and then gets arrested oh. at one point. So that's why she has the cloak. I see, I see. Maybe she yes. wouldn't have been caught if she was wearing that she mission outfit and she could run oh, faster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the whole point of the cloak was, though, is because at the end of the episode, she turns herself in. Oh, so okay. even though no one noticed her, mm-hmm. it was very easy to take off and be like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's a, it's a gorgeous color and, you know... Um, it's a shame that it only appeared um, you said once um, mm-hmm. this could definitely looks like the outfit of someone wishing to be taken seriously and I definitely think they achieved that when they were designing this and like that red is like you know it's so stark and stuff I absolutely love it it's very royal I'm, I'm surprised too. this ranked so low on your list of favorites it's really it's really gorgeous like this in the mission outfit would be on my personal top so this is the last different outfit you see before her death outfit. Mm. And that's kind of why it rang so low for me. I see. Um, so the next outfit is very sad because it kind of shows where, just within the outfit, how much she has changed mm-hmm. within, like, three episodes because she doesn't change her outfit for three episodes Mm -hmm. but it's all part of the story she's imprisoned for two two and a half episodes so it's kind of written in why her outfit doesn't change okay so this is this is her outfit while she's being imprisoned yes i see so This is the outfit she wears when Mandalore is taken over, when she's imprisoned, and when she dies. Mm -hmm. Um, So looking at this, you know, I definitely, like, with the dark colors, she's got, you know, her hair down. Um, I definitely see this in, like, a bunch of different types of media in which a character is kind of stripped of everything that kind of makes them, like, their identity. You know, you start to see, like, a lot of, like, contrasts in what they usually wear and almost, like... If like a character has only ever been seen with their hair up and you, you know, you suddenly see it down, you know, that could maybe signify like a good change or like a very bad one because it, it kind of shows that, you know, their actions and their life isn't their own anymore. So that's definitely a really good um, way to kind of signify these things with design. On top yes, of that, so go ahead, sorry. That crown she's wearing, mm-hmm. the next time you see her when she's imprisoned, it's gone that you can kind of tell like her hair is fully down she doesn't have anything putting it up like her other outfits Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely i can see that yeah if that's like you know i'm noticing like consistently she's got some sort of um like embellishments and things in her hair and you know i'm assuming that she likes these things otherwise why would she wear them so often but you know to just have her hair out and flat i think that that's a signifier that you know they're not really allowing her these luxuries anymore so you know she's thinking more about survival mm, not her image exactly exactly so yeah that's really upsetting to see you know it's Mm -hmm. got these dark colors you know i'm assuming that they're not really giving her a bunch of color a bunch of fabric you know 
I, I don't think that they would let prisoners have like an excess amount of fabric like we see in her ceremonial outfit, like a bunch of, a lot of layers, a lot of colors. She definitely doesn't have her flowers anymore, which is really yeah. sad. Um, so the funny thing is compared to other episodes, these three episodes happen within probably like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So... That's why she's in the same outfit that whole time. So it's really sad that she's gone through determined that our Mandalore will stay strong to just fighting to survive. Yeah, it's it's tough because, you know, I can see that she's really kind of switched gears and, you know, has gone from like a pacifist to just, you know, whatever gets me to tomorrow you know and that's Mm -hmm. a really hard thing to watch if this is like one of your favorite characters it's really tough to see them put into situations like this this was actually one of the saddest episodes in the series Mm -hmm. that a lot of people were very like sad about Mm -hmm. and just to refresh you this was a cartoon on cartoon network wow yes it's getting heavy for cartoon network (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, that's even though it's a beautiful outfit, that's why it's my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, the connotations and stuff matters a lot, you know? Oh, yeah. But this one is actually one of, I think this is the only other one that is like she can actually move around in. Mm hmm. It's not, like, super dressy or anything. Like, she could fight. Yeah. It's definitely one of the shorter ones that you've shown me. Um, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, then when we're fighting for survival, you know, you don't want a lot of fabric dragging you down. So I suppose that mm-hmm. it's a good thing in that regard. But, yeah, yeah. this definitely is a lot shorter than um, the rest of them. But that's good, because now she can hold her own. Yeah. So... I actually haven't seen any cosplayers cosplay this outfit. Uh, so what are your suggestions on if there's anyone who would like to, but don't know if they can? Um, it's definitely looking at it. It's I feel like it's got a really simple like shape. A lot of it looks to be... Um, Sure, you could get like really creative with the way that you pattern it, but if you just chose to put like a lot of the lines and you know, like this shimmery blue, I'm not sure what that is. You could interpret that as like ribbon, lighting, you know, reflective tape. You could actually get really creative with those little um, lines on there, whether you wanted to work it into the pattern or not. I've definitely, if you wanted to interpret it as two separate, three separate pieces, excuse me, there's a dress, there's pants, and you know, that um, part of the sleeve seems to connect to that middle part I think that that's how I would go about it and tackle it as three separate but simple pieces like I said you can really get really creative with how you choose to interpret like all of these little designs and stuff and how detailed you're willing to go with it so um, I think it's all up to skill level um, just don't make it too complicated unless you want to like this this definitely has the potential to be a competition piece if you wanted it to but I also think that anybody like you know just like starting out with cosplay could definitely like maybe work this in a way that matches their skill level and what play to their strengths and they definitely ha- don't have to worry about the headpiece oh yeah definitely <laughs> like I said if you're anything like me and you're scared of prop work um, you can definitely get around having to do the headpiece or anything 
and you know wig styling you know that that doesn't look too hard to come by you could probably grab something like a side part straight out of the pack just give it a little twist and you're good I'm pretty sure I have a wig that See, looks just uh, every, like that. Every season <laughs> that came cosplayer, out of the box. Every season cosplayer has one of those lying around. Oh yeah. So out of these outfits that we went over today, what is your all-time favorite that you saw? Mm, okay, that's a toughie. Um, it's a toss-up, but I'm really liking that senatorial gown. Um, like I said, recently I've been really into making my own patterns and with that I've just been itching to, I've never done a long, like a gown and a dress. And so something about like the way that that's laid out, it's giving very like Disney princess and like, um, I'm just like looking at it and like I'm my mouth is watering. Like it's, it's so <laughs> gorgeous. And like, you could really, um, get like some expensive fabric if you wanted to and you know you've got the cloak and stuff i definitely think this can has the making for like a really nice competition piece you know but just the fact that it stands out so much and has so much color is i think what is drawing me to it the most um it's definitely the exact opposite of all of her other outfits. Yeah, no, it stands out. And like I said, you know, it's somebody that wants to be taken seriously, someone that wants to be noticed and be heard out in her opinion to keep things neutral. Um, and I definitely think it's fitting for the context and it's, mm -hmm. it's gorgeous. Like it's just jumping out at me. All right. So do you have any final thoughts on Duchess of Teen Crease um, in general? I, I like her character, you know, at first glance, she looks like, you know, like a villainous kind of very stoic character, but you know, the fact that she's a pacifist and you see so much development in her character over the series, you know, even like in just looking at her outfits, I can tell that there's been like a lot of growth, a lot of setbacks, a lot of high points, you know, and I feel like I've been on this journey with her just by looking at these outfits. So I really appreciate, you know, them for like what they are, as well as like them inside of their context. Um, so I really appreciate, you know, you sending me this specific character. She, she's a really, a really interesting one. Yeah. So if any of our listeners want to go check you out, where can they find you? Um, I, as I said at the beginning, um, I'm at Cinnamon Solstice on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I haven't really posted on TikTok in a while, um, but I am really active on Instagram. So, you know, if you want to check me out on both, um, I don't plan to be posting on my TikTok until I finish this costume build that I'm working on right now. Um, I have been posting like work in progress photos and updates on my Instagram. If anybody wants to follow that, I'm really excited about this. This is going to be um, one of my most um, detailed costumes yet. It's going to have lighting, 3D printing. Can you give us a hint? <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> I, my sister and I, we love twin characters. So if you go over to my Instagram, I talk all about it. Um, so we're going to have lighting, uh, 3D printing. It's going to be the first time we're competing in costumes. So I'm really Ooh. excited about that. Um, so Are y'all competing at San Japan? Absolutely. That's the goal. Okay. That's the home con. So if you're in Texas, go check them out. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> we can use all the cheering we, we can get. I'm updating, you know, pretty consistently um, on those places. So make sure to check me out if you're interested. 
All right. It was so nice to have you on today. Oh, thank you. For and we will me. definitely be having you on in the future oh, for another for character. Thank you so much again, and we will see you next time. Thank you all for joining us today. If you would like to see the looks that we talked about today, they will be on our social media. Our Instagram is a galaxy far, far away fashion. If you enjoyed our intro and outro music, go check out our producer, Vampy's page on Instagram. Their page name is Vampy underscore Inc. I also like to give a special thanks to our other producer and our editor, Tessa. And don't forget to leave a rating if you're on Spotify and subscribe so you're notified when our next episode comes out. If you're on iTunes, we'd love to hear um, your feedback. And don't forget, fashion is art. Art is a form of rebellion. And rebellions are built on hope. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.